What's good, family? It's your boy Just Blaze, host of the best NBA pod in the game, Above the Rim. Keep it locked each week and join myself and a special guest as we tackle the latest rumblings in the league. If it's happening in the NBA, you know I got you covered. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms and leave that five-star review. Let's get it. Uh, you made some shots. Um, you know, too comfortable. Um, but I'm going to shut that shit off next game, though. Guarantee that. Um, could you just describe that moment and then just kind of your, the emotion, what you were thinking at that point? I mean, the game, the series was over. You know, that was it. And um, I was just waving goodbye to him. And I think uh, after game three, you know, they, Dennis Schroeder was out there pointing to his wrist. They was out there doing all these celebrations and doing all this stuff, and we kept our composure. And um, after one win, that was what they decided to do. And we was just like, okay, what we want to do is win four games. And then when, those, when we win those four games, it's not going to be nothing to talk about. So that's what that was. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Wow. Wow. What a damn shot. You got to salute Dame Dollar for a series clinching shot like that. Incredible, man. Welcome, welcome, family, to another edition of Above the Rim, episode 92. Brought to you, as always, by your honorable host, Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze. No special guest this week. I had to get my rocks off. There's just too many things happening right now in the NBA, and I had to speak on it. But family, we back at it again. Another installment of the best NBA pod in the game. You already know. As always, family, you can find Above the Rim anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, YouTube, lineups.com as well. To get in contact with your boy, you already know. You can always hit me up and follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513. On Facebook, search Above the Rim Podcast and also email the show as well at above the rim nba podcast at gmail.com call up to talk about it line as well if you have any feedback questions concerns comments voicemail and be going through a few of those today so um yeah make sure you call that line 908-718-1592 and holla at your boy but um man let's get right into it it's crazy right now we gotta get right into this nba action because um this first round has is, is been rather peculiar, I should say, because it hasn't been as much competitive basketball as we would like. Actually, I don't know, because there actually has been some competitive games. They've been, they've been void of, I guess, storylines. So there, there's only been a few storylines in uh, each one of the series. But um, it's been, a, it's been a, a pretty solid first round thus far. Pretty solid, in, in, in my opinion. I've been tuning in. I don't know about y'all, but I've been tuning in. But um, yeah, man. So, yo, let's get into this first series. Oklahoma City, Portland Trailblazers. Like I said, what a damn shot. Dame Lillard, Dame Dollar with a series clinching. What was that, a 30-footer, 35-footer? In Paul George's grill for the win. Series clinching win. A walk-off three. That was a big shot. I was watching that live. I just got in the crib at that time. And I was like, man, Dame really wants his shot. And he took it. 
can't be mad at that. Can't be mad at that at all, man. One of the clutchest shots in NBA history. You can hate on it all you want. That was one of the clutchest shots in NBA history. I got to put that one up there. That was big time. That was cold-blooded. To close out the Thunder in Game 5 of the first-round series? Come on, man. Lillard. Game 5, 50 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. Shot 10 of 18 from 3. Played 45 minutes. Come on now. He was 8 for 12 in the series from 30-plus, 30 30-plus 30 feet. He was 4 for 6 in Game 5 from 30-plus feet. Come on, man. Leading the playoffs in scoring. 33 points per game. And then, you know, uh, after the game, PG tried to go on a press conference and try to say it was a bad shot. He tried to hate on Dame a little bit. Come on, PG. You know I'm a big supporter of you, but I need you to be quiet. Take that L. Keep it moving. Chill, fam. You got Jade in your eye for the last shot of the game. Good defense, mind you. It's not like Paul George didn't play defense. He lunged at the shot. He, he, he's a 6'8", one of the best wing defenders in the league on a 6'3 guard shooting from 30-plus feet. He played defense. He saw he was going to shoot. He probably didn't believe he was going to shoot, but once he saw Damian Lillard hit that sidestep, he lunged at him. So, listen, it was fair game. You got Jade. You got to shake that man's hand and keep him moving. Don't talk nothing about that in, 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 in the post game. Shake his hand and keep him moving. And um, so, Damian, you got to give him some big, big, huge credit for this man also let's not um let's not excuse the fact of our uh, portland's role players they actually played pretty well in this series and i feel like they deserve much more credit than than they're given in this series mohawk has played well he had some clutch free throws down the stretch um aminu has been playing some solid defense this entire series uh, CJ McCollum is averaging 25 in this series. He's not he's the second best player on the team, but you can still say you can still make a case for him as being a role player. But he is the second best player on the team. But he's been playing well. Kant has been stepping up playing well in Nurkic absence. So you got to give him some credit. Seth Curry has been a deep threat. He's been playing very well. So you got to give the role players for the Portland Trailblazers the credit that they deserve. And listen, man, I said it with my last episode with my man CL. Um, the point guard that wins this series will be declared the better point guard for now and for the foreseeable future. This was a big, a huge individual matchup with a lot on the line in this series. Portland, Portland against OKC. OKC, they wanted Portland. They felt like that was the team that they can beat. They felt like the, uh, the Nuggets and the Blazers were the team that can beat. The Trailblazers were actually trying to win to play the Jazz in the first round, but they ended up still getting the Oklahoma City Thunder. And look, it turned out well for them. So this is a big individual matchup between Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard because there's some history between the two. Everybody knows they got there's a little smoke between the two. Everybody knows uh, Russ is on video saying that um, to Dame that he's been busting his ass for years. So there's been smoke there for a while. And now with the series win, the way it ended, the way Dame clinched it, to me, Dame is officially considered a better point guard than Russ in all rankings, in all metrics. I don't want to hear the triple-double arguments. I don't want to hear that right now. Those are statistical achievements. What about what happened when it's money time? Damian Lillard, to me, clearly outplayed Russell Westbrook in the series. Now, that's not to say that Russell Westbrook didn't play a decent series because he played well. He played hard as he always does. But 
the timely moments, the timely shots, the decision making, the point guard ability. You remember in, in, in the closing minutes of the game, Russell Westbrook took an erratic layup and they missed, which kept the game tied, which allowed Dame to hit that three-pointer, which allowed which allowed it to be tied so he can have no pressure to shoot that three. He was at home. Dame has done this before. This is the second time already he's been having a series clinching three. Ridiculous. And you know what? There isn't an advanced metric for, for my stats boys, for my, for my blog boys out there. There isn't an advanced metric for leadership. And Dame, to me, is clearly a better leader. Hats off to that man. But now the real challenge starts with him. And he's got to get to the conference finals. You know, I put up a shut up um, rankings. Pressure cooker. Dame Lillard was high. I believe I had him at a five, I believe. So this is a great win. But now he's got to get to the conference finals. That's the next step for Dame. He's been in the second round before. Now it's time to get to the conference finals. Both of the teams in your pathway are very beatable. Denver Nuggets and the San Antonio Spurs. Let's get it done, Dame. Quality, quality win. And we got to give that man credit. Quality win for Dame. And, and, and I'm happy for him, man. Because I, I did slander him a good amount of time for that, for that, um, that sweep last year and it was very deserving because you can't get swept by drew holiday but the fact that the matter the fact that the matter is that i was very critical of him getting swept last year because i felt like he's better than that i felt like the blazers were a better team than the pelicans so there was no need to get if you lost i, I wouldn't have slandered it as much but he got swept with home court advantage and that's a problem so this year he redeemed himself shut everybody up i like that but now let's get to the western conference finals and um Okay, see, Damo, where you at? Damo, where are you? Gotta get you back in the booth, man, because I know you crying right now. We were talking a lot throughout the game. <laughs> Damo was very emotional last night <laughs> during uh, the OKC loss, and rightfully so, man, because it was a heartbreak, and that was a gut-wrenching loss. I'm not going to lie. This happened to the Rockets. I'll be hurt. I don't think I could record. I'm not going to lie. But um, OKC Thunder, man. Now 4-12 in the playoffs since KD left. 12 straight playoff road losses dating back to when KD was there. In game four, the crucial swing game, Russell Westbrook had one point in the second half of a game where they could have tied the series up. He went over seven from the floor, one point in the second half. The game four was the swing game in this series. That's where, that's where the turning point was. If OKC won... Those two games at home, this will be a totally different series right now, as everyone knows. And, and, and also mentally, it will be a different series. That was a very crucial game, and Russell Westbrook was nowhere to be found in the second half of game four. Nowhere to be found. He went 5 for 21. He had at, at one point or zero points in the, in the second half. I don't remember which one, but... Either way, it was terrible. But this one, game five, I must say, I have to give, I do have to give Russell Westbrook some credit. He played his ass off this game. He had some moments, typical Russell Westbrook fashion, where his decision making wasn't the best. He still took more shots than Paul George, I believe. Even though Paul George had another good game as well, shot a very high percentage from the floor. But Russell Westbrook did ultimately take more shots than him, which when PG should have been taking more shots, he hit a clutch three down the stretch, but he also missed a few clutch free throws as well. And Russell Westbrook, he took an erratic layup. He had a turnover, I believe. And I wasn't crazy about his defense. To me, I felt like Russ should have took the challenge of guarding Damian Lillard down the stretch of the game. But that's just me. Um, 
yeah, so the problem with Russell Westbrook right now, three straight first round exits, the first round, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable, and it's, and, and it's ridiculous, man. Listen, man, the, the issue with OKC is, is to me, is, Russ, is Russell Westbrook, it's his unwillingness to evolve his game. Now, I know he's got a lot of supporters, he gets a lot of backlash too, but I'm just speaking from strictly basketball point of view. I just think that I think he's unwilling to evolve his game for the betterment of the team. And I think that he's unwilling for two unwilling for two reasons. I, and part of it, part of it is, is due to him, and part of it is also the organization. I feel like he's unwilling because no one in, in the in the Oklahoma City organization in the front office has ever really challenged him to be better. To me, like to me, it looks like they worship Russ, and they kind of kiss his ass a little bit in that organization for being loyal to the franchise after KD left and re-signing for that max contract with Oklahoma City because they know they were getting no free agents to come over there. The only way they can acquire top-tier talent in the NBA is by trades. And Russell Westbrook was the only star at that time to stay in Oklahoma City. And in turn, he also got Paul George to say, the second star to say that if 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 there was no Russell Westbrook there, you know for damn sure Paul George is not staying in Oklahoma City Thunder. So I feel because of Russell Westbrook's quote-unquote loyalty to the franchise and to Sam Presti and the front office, I think n no one there actually has the balls to stand up to, to Russell Westbrook and tell him that he does have to adapt his game and his decision-making because right now it's just not working for him being the primary point guard on the floor. It's not translating to winning. The stats look sexy. The triple-doubles look sexy. They look nice. Think about it. The organization also as a whole. You got one of the weakest coaches in the league, Billy Donovan. How is he still there? Only God knows why he's still there. Billy Donovan doesn't have the balls to stand up to Russ and have him make him adjust his game. I see no adjustments from the Oklahoma City Thunder ever. I never see adjustments from them. To me, Russ, he needs to play off the ball. And it's time for him to become a two guard. I've been saying that for about two years now. It's time for him to become a full time two guard to alleviate some of the some of the decision making of the decision making aspects of the game have to be alleviated off of Russ to an extent. You can still give him decision making duties, of course. I'm not saying take the ball out of his hands the entire game or nothing like that. Russell Westbrook is still a top ten player in the league now. Come on now, this is still one of the most talented players we've ever seen, one of the most athletic point guards we've ever seen. So I just feel like you have to put him in different positions to succeed because him being the primary decision maker is obviously not getting you anywhere so i feel like they he has to move to the two and by him moving to the two and then insert inserting a one full time it allows him to put another shooter on the floor which in turn it opens up the driving lanes so russ doesn't have to take so much of these inefficient tools and these inefficient threes because he can't shoot right now and he obviously don't care he obviously don't care that he can't shoot because he's still jacking those mid-range contested mid-range jumpers and it's he's not learning he's and 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 what happened in this series which was a major point in this series is that russ started injecting himself into a personal battle with damian lillard and dame was trying to win a team game he was trying to win a series and russell westbrook was trying to win a game and that to me that's maturity Russell Westbrook has still has to have some more basketball maturity as well. And he's, what, 30 years old now? <clears throat> it might be too late. 
remember Russ did this last year with Rubio also. He got into a personal battle with him saying he going he gonna uh shut that shit down next game though when he when he when Rubio scored 30. Remember the year before that it was Patrick Beverly he got into a battle with um because of their long history and Pat Beverly was still on the Rockets at that time in the first round matchup when they lost to Harden and those boys. And um see see Russ man, he he he's such a uh one of the most polarizing players in NBA history and and to me, Russ is like, he's like a he's like a fine chick you met at the club. Looking sexy in a dress, rocking it, killing it. Triple doubles look sexy. The stats look nice. They look very nice on the surface. But when you bring her home, the hygiene ain't up to par. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So it, <laughs> She's doing something that you don't like. She might be throwing throwing her panties on the floor, throwing her clothes on the floor. Her room don't look good. The bathroom don't look clean. or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But it, she looks sexy on the surface. But you got to dig deep and see what's going on inside there. You know? Great chick. Cool girl. But bad tendencies. Disgusting habits. And now you got to go. Russell Westbrook. Great talent. Immense talent. He has some bad habits. He has some bad tendencies. He loves hero ball way too much. And that, to me, is the detriment of him, detriment of his team. And he's just got to play better, man. He just got to play better. I mean, listen, just just point back period, three first-round exits is a problem. We got to hold Russ accountable. Got to hold him accountable. And, and I remember, um, I think the other day, I, I forgot what I was watching, but uh, Bruce Owen made a, made a good point. He said that even if Russ loses his series, which he did now, he said that the playoffs, they don't really hurt Russ's legacy because his legacy is not tied to winning. That is tied to his individual accomplishments, AKA those triple doubles, being the first player ever to average a triple double for three straight seasons. And that's actually a, a, a solid point because it's low key true. Russ's accomplishment, Russ's legacy is tied to his individual accomplishments that he, his triple doubles. That's his claim to fame. That's his thing. So that's an interesting point. And y- y'all let me know what you think about that also as well. And um, Paul George, man, dynamite scorer. But he's not a dynamic playmaker. Not a dynamic playmaker. I mean, he doesn't make others, others around him better. And Russ needs someone next to him to make need someone to make him better because he's not going to change on his own free will he's 30 years old now and think about it when we all hit our 30s we don't give a shit what people think anymore so russ doesn't care what we think he don't think what we think about his game what he thinks he should change it's about if he feels he should change and man billy donovan gotta go consistently losing with these talented players maybe bringing a mark jackson that might be solid for russell westbrook over there i think I think he would be good for Russ. He'll be he's someone that Russ can respect. You know, he's well respected around the league. And Billy Donovan just looks like he does not have that locker room. I'm gonna keep it a buck. He doesn't have that locker room. And I think Mark Jackson would be nice. Jason Kidd might be nice also over there for Russell Westbrook. He can show him how to dominate the game without scoring. Jason Kidd wasn't a great shooter, but he evolved into a solid three-point shooter. So he can learn a lot from Jason Kidd, actually. That would be solid over there. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, so. They got some soul searching to do. The Oklahoma City Thunder, Thunder with the loss. And um, let's get to some voicemails, man. Because my man Reeve, he, he definitely wants to talk to the family because you know him and Damo got their battles going on right now with Oklahoma City Thunder and, and the Portland Trailblazers. 
And um, let's hear, let's hear what my man Reem had to say. What's good, Just? What's good, Above the Rim family? It's your boy Remo, a.k.a. Mellow Reem. I just want to address this situation with uh, y'all favorite MVP candidate, Mr. Russell Westbrook, Mr. Triple Double. I told y'all episode 90, man, it might be time to heavily consider trading Russell Westbrook. Y'all thought it was blasphemy. My man Damo laughed me out the room. But now look at them. Down and out once again. Haven't sniffed the second round since KD left. KD ain't looked back. He knew why he left. So um, what they waiting for? I thought it was Melo's fault. PG, he signed up for another episode of this. And guess what? Going out the same way. Four to one. Addition by subtraction, huh? I'll let y'all tell it. Talk about it. <laughs> Shout out to my man Reeve for calling in. Mellow Reeve calling in. He had to get his rocks off. And I feel you, man, because um, listen, we have a little group chat going on. It, it was going off during this game, man. Very it was emotional season in there. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean Reeve made a great point. I gotta be quiet about my man Mellow. Y'all said it was his fault about him being a cancer to this OKC team. But look at it now. Same result. Addition by subtraction, like he said. They're in the exact same spot that they were last year. Ah, I got to tell you. Interesting. And, and by the way, <laughs> Mellow. Shout out to Mellow, man. Re Revamping. Revamping Hoodie Mellow into Beanie Mellow. I know y'all been seeing these videos out there with Mellow. <laughs> looking with a beanie on training out there with uh see brickley or whatever it was man you can eat mellow i need you back in the league bro i need you back in there so <laughs> shout out to reed with the voicemail man he's definitely gonna be back on and we're gonna be talking about this okc in more depth and we need damo up here man streets is calling for you damo streets is calling man um so yeah so let's also get into another voicemail my man btg from the west coast called in had to chime in on this Damon Russ too. Let's hear it. Yo, Damo, front and center. It ain't looking good over there in OKC. And I understand PG-13 is hurt. But, you know, I ain't gonna lie to you. For the past four or five years, I've always, you know, I pretty much had Dame over Westbrook. And, you know, Westbrook for the past three years has went on this historical statistic run or whatever. Cannot be denied. But I've always taken Dame as a better leader. He's a better shooter, of course. Uh, Westbrook is just probably the most athletic point guard we've ever seen in our lives. At that height, he just, after an injury, too, after a major injury, he came back and played even better. Um, he's never had the shooting ability because he never did it at UCLA. You know, he was just on attack mode and his defense was superb. He came into the league and switched his whole game up because he had a personal goal to get to. At the same time, though, I've never, we've never really seen him lead a team that far by himself. And I get it. It's a team sport and you're going to need a 1A or, you know, a second option. Dame has done it with less. Let's just put it like that. He's never had a KD or a PG-13 next to him. You can't bring up CJ either. Don't do that. Even though CJ is nice, he's no PG-13 and damn sure is not no KD. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge, solid. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, nah, nah. 
You know, I and I and I never was the one to uh, to to slander Dame's name when it came to the Pelicans. You know, when they swept him because he's been doing this by himself since he's got to the league. So one bad playoff series, you can have that, bro. Everybody have a bad playoff series. There's not too many cats of that caliber that don't have a bad playoff series, especially coming into the league early. I mean, early on in your career, you most likely have him then. Now he's right now. He's probably at his probably in his prime going towards his peak or whatever uh it's okay to have one bad series i know what he did to houston back in the day <laughs> you know what i'm saying so he's gotten them out of the second round before um westbrook on the other hand again you would think with the debates that me and jarv have about him that that you know that's my number one guy you know he will always be one of my top point guards or whatever because he's from the west coast that's being biased truth be told and he got game but dame definitely got game he definitely from the west coast as well not from my backyard but it, we're, we're definitely cousins um and he just has better leadership damo and i'm telling you right now they uh, a lot of people ask why westbrook doesn't get the slander that other people get well it's because i never held i never had westbrook as a number one option <laughs> i've always had him at the as a number two option because he never could shoot i watched him at ucla he never did shoot that well but uh, he's, he's deservingly, he should get that, especially if they get eliminated in the first round. So, Damo, I need to know what's going on. What's going on? Now, again, we know PG-13 is hurt. What's going on? Somebody got to pick up the slack. BTG calling in from the West Coast. Damo, that's two people calling you out, bro. Three people, including myself. Damo, where you at? Oh man, I tell you, man. Listen, so Baylor made some good. BTG made some good points there, also as well. Um, but he's been a big game supporter and a big rush supporter, honestly. So for both, so both of those dudes are his dudes. So I know uh, Baylor had a nice connection to this series right here. But listen, BTG, you always making excuses for Damian Lillard being swept out of the playoffs last year. I don't want to hear it, bro. All of the slander. That I've given to Damian Lillard, that that at uh, I believe Jarv gives some slander to Damian Lillard. Um, Russell Westbrook, we know Jarv gives the slander for that, but the slander that I gave for Damian Lillard for last year, uh, to me, it was warranted. You can't lose in the first round, and you can't get swept in the first round with home court advantage. That was my issue. Never questioned his talent. Always knew Damian Lillard was a great player in this league. I always knew he was a great leader in this league because he doesn't get wrapped up in those personal battles and he he, he he's definitely is not an emotional guy on the floor he does not wear his emotions on the sleeves on his sleeves and that to me is a very plus and a, a big positive for, for for dame lillard so like i said before right now to me i don't want to hear anything about it damian lillard is officially the better point guard than russell westbrook so wherever you want to rank dame whether that be in the top three top two top five he definitely should be ahead of russell westbrook in every point guard ranking officially so what a series man not gonna lie what a series what a series and um the winner of that series is going to be playing san antonio denver and in that series denver's up three two they had a big game five win they're going to game six in San Antonio. Jamal Murray's playing well. I think Denver, Jamal Murray's playing well. I think, I really think the series is going to go seven. I honestly do. Because when you think about it, 
I, I, home court is just the most important thing in this series to me. It's just the most important thing in this series. I think San Antonio obviously definitely has a chance to win this series, but I think Denver is going to take it in seven. I'm not a fan of either one of these teams, but um, I think Denver's fool's goal. You know, I've been saying that for a long time, and I still believe that. But they've been playing solid. Jokic has been averaging damn near a triple-double, I believe, in the series. Jamal Murray is, Murray is averaging, I believe, around 20 or something like that, or a little bit less than 20. He's had two big games thus far in this series. So in order for them to win, he has to be out playing Derek White. He's got Derek White out there looking real good against him. So Denver got to come up in the clutch, and I think... Denver will probably thug it out in this series and win in seven and play the Blazers in the next round. So that'll be that'll be interesting, man. Um, so yeah, man, moving on to this Brooklyn Philly series. Playing the winner of the Raptors and Magic series. Yo, first of all, shout out to my man Jared Dudley <laughs> for bringing the smoke into this series. I'm glad he I'm glad he brought the smoke into this series. Um I bang with, with Jared Dudley, man. I, I like how he stands up for his guys because the Nets are a really young team, man. The Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn stand up. They're a very young team, and they haven't, they've never been in this atmosphere before as a unit. And Philly, all series, they was trying to punk them. All series, Philly was trying to punk them. I, and honestly, we all knew that Philly was the better team. They wrapped this series up in five. They, they dismantled them in game five. We know Philly was the more talented team. They should have won in five, but they was a little scared there for Philly. They were looking a, a little sus in a few of these games. Ben Simmons got into, got into a battle with, uh, with Jared Dudley. Um, him, uh, Jared Dudley calling Ben Simmons an average play in the half court, a great play in transition, but average in the half court. And he's not that wrong. Listen, Ben Simmons, we all know his deficiencies. Can't hit a jump shot. We all know that. He refuses to take those jump shots. But I need to see a little bit more dog in Ben Simmons. I'm not going to lie. I like that he played in two of these games. Two out of the five games, he played really well. He responded when, when, when Brooklyn came out and said Ben Simmons missing, looking uh, contact Kendall Jenner. <laughs> but um, Ben Simmons, man, I, I, I actually got a have to dedicate an entire series to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and how I feel about their relationship on the court on the court and their basketball parent and their basketball fit between their two talents because I don't feel like both of these two can be the best that they can be on the floor together I know everyone compares them to Shaq and Penny I'm not going that far Shaq and Penny to me were much better much way better than Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I don't care about the similarities in height and size. That's what y'all are comparing. I'm comparing games. And Penny Hardaway is way better than Ben Simmons. And Shaq is damn sure better than Joel Embiid. I don't care what those stats say. Joel Embiid, he's, I mean, he's, I've, I've, I've never been the hugest Joel Embiid fan, but he's, he's definitely a top two, top three center in the league, probably the best big man in the league, offensively, definitely, defensively as well, could be, um, he's cool, I like how he doesn't back down from the challenge, all that shit talking he does though, I mean, I like it to a degree, but to me, it's a little corny, it's a little phony, it's a little fake, you know, you're, you're a little Twitter thug, but it's cool, you know, I see his, he has a great impact on the floor from a statistical standpoint, but to me, he's not a leader, He's not a leader. I mean, he, he could talk a lot of shit because big men in this league right now, they currently don't have the skill set that a Joel Embiid has. So he looks more advanced. He looks better than everybody else. But I think Embiid is a really, really good player. But 
he's not going to be my number one option. Me personally. And win a title. Joel Embiid. Unless I have a certain amount of the certain pieces around him. And Philly does not have those pieces around him. If they built a team around Joel Embiid the same way they built the Orlando Magic when Dwight Howard went to the finals. Now that is a team I feel like is the best team to build around um, Joel Embiid. And that I would like. But you got to give Philly credit, man. They, they took this series. They beat them in five. Brooklyn had a nice season. Free agency is coming up for them. They're gonna they're in for a huge summer down here in Brooklyn. Um, we gotta get a free agent. Gotta get a talented marquee free agent. I'm gonna have an episode on on free agency going through each team, um, what their what their target should be later on, uh, when when the finals is done. And F- Brooklyn's in for a big summer, big summer. D'Angelo Russell, where was he though? I mean, listen, he had a solid game or two, I believe, solid game or two, but low key. He could have played a lot better as well. First time also, but I'm not going to be tall on him. It's first time in the playoffs. I'm not mad at that. Brooklyn, they were just happy to be here. And I'm happy they at least won a game and didn't get swept. Damn, didn't get swept. But um, yeah, the winner of that series, Philadelphia 76 is now playing the winner of the, the Raptors in the Magic series. And um, the Raptors, they made quick work of the Magic. The Magic stunned them. And I had my jokes. I had to get my Kyle Lowry jokes off. Zero points, man. Scorching hot for Chubbs. Um, in game one, but he played a little bit better towards in towards as the series went on. DJ Augustine was putting in work uh, against against the Raptors. Terrence Ross played pretty well, but um, my man Teddy D called in in that series. The only, probably the only Magic fan that I know in this world called in to show some love to his Magic. So uh, let's hear my man what Ted had to say, man, because it, it was very funny. Just Teddy D. Just got done listening to the episode. I was excited. I'm like, ah, oh, just about to give my Orlando Magic some love. And you had the homie CL on there, too. I mean, and then y'all threw some shots saying that only... Come on, the, the only reason we won is because Toronto is choke artists. Of course they are. Kyle Lowry's a dog. I've been giving it to Augustine and MK, uh, Michael Carter-Williams and Bum all year and I almost had to eat my words until I realized oh yeah yeah you know it's Toronto but listen I don't care what we do we are in the 40s as far as wins that's incredible man that's incredible come on it's not supposed to happen so yeah man listen keep being great love the show brother and uh give me all that to defend my magic alright man peace Teddy D appreciate the voicemail my brother um yeah so listen listen you're you magic man listen like i said the only the damn only magic fan that i know i'll tell you that you um your magic played solid man they played admirable you know they they put up a fight at least you know they didn't get swept they won one game dj augustine was a hero uh ross played well vucevic you guys got to figure out what you're gonna what you guys are gonna do about what about him this summer aaron gordon though really quick man i mean I don't know what to make of this guy. I mean, he's he's a supremely talented player. I don't know. And I believe he's what making eighty something million dollars a year. I believe he signed an extension not too long ago. I don't know. Do you put him on the block? I mean, you put him on the trading block. See what you can get for him. I, I, I don't know. You got to see what's going on with him. I need him to progress, but I need another a veteran star over there in Orlando. The only way they can get that over there is if they make a trade so they might have to put aaron gordon on the block on the trading block 
Vucevic, I know he's a free agent this year, but maybe a signing trade or something like that. You got to see what you have in Markel Fultz also, because that's going to be interesting. I need to know what's going on over there. DJ Augustine can't be the full-time answer. Come on now, not DJ Augustine, not the full-time answer. So, man, listen, your magic, 40 wins, like you said, 40 wins. Throw a parade, Teddy D. Throw up a parade, brother. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's Philly and Toronto semifinals. Um, I think this is gonna be a pretty good series, man. Looking at looking at this series uh, uh, on a macro level, it's um, it's gonna be very competitive, a very competitive series. I think these two teams are very evenly matched. The Raptors won three out of the four season meetings between the two, but. I'm going to keep it a buck. I think the Raptors are going to dispose of the 76ers rather easily in this series. Not going to lie. I'm just seeing it for some reason. I think Toronto is a much better team. I think they're a deeper team. I think they're a better, well, con more constructed roster. I think they have clearly defined roles in Toronto. And I think that's going to be to the betterment of them. And I think Philly... Like I said, they're too top-heavy. I just don't like Philly's roster as a whole. I think their front, their top five is phenomenal. One of the best starting fives in the league. Yes, don't get me wrong. They have the answers. They have the talent to compete with the Toronto Raptors. But I think Toronto is just a better-built roster. And I think Joel Embiid, I don't think he's going to be as dominant in this series against the Toronto Raptors because they got some big boys. Marcus Gasol is no slouch. He's not bodying Marcus Gasol like that. Marcus Gasol is a big boy. He won Defensive Player of the Year, what, three years ago? Marcus Gasol, I know he's at least a little bit slower, but Joel Embiid's game is a little bit more finesse, you know, shooting jump shots. Marcus Gasol is a great and smart and intelligent defender. <clears throat> so I don't think Embiid is going to be dominating this series, and that's Philly's advantage. I think Jimmy Butler can play really well against Kawhi Leonard, but I don't think he can shut down Kawhi Leonard. I think that's going to be a phenomenal matchup, actually. Two dogs, two guys who play with some um, play with some force. I really like that matchup, uh, Jimmy Butler versus Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard, he's got to give you about, he definitely got to give you over 25. He's got to give you 28 to 30 in order to win this series. Kyle Lowry, I definitely don't trust, but I don't trust Ben Simmons either. So that, to me, is a damn wash. I, I guarantee you, there's going to be two games in this series. One game where Kyle Lowry disappears and one game where Ben Simmons disappears. I guarantee in this series. But I actually think the Raptors are going to win this series in six games. Six games. I do. I really do. It's going to be interesting, interesting to see what goes on in that series because it's going to be a big series, man. And in the other semifinal series is the, is the, um, the Milwaukee Bucks who dispose of the Pistons. You know, both the Bucks uh, and the Boston Celtics, who close out the Indiana Pacers. Both the Bucks and the Celtics, they close out this series in painless fashion, um, taking out the Pistons and the Pacers, both in a sweep, you know, quick and easy, painless. Um, the Bucks and the Pistons, you got to give Blake Griffin some credit, man, for uh, for gutting this out. He's clearly hurt. He had knee tendonitis. He had a really huge brace bandage on his leg, on his left leg. Um, but he played admirably, admirably, man. He 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 got it out. He still gave you 24, 6 to 6. I know it was only two games, but he played hard. You, you, you got to give it to him. But Giannis is just too much. He's just too much. Too much, man. And I think this is going to be a dynamite second second round, semi-final series. And, and on, on, the, on the Boston side, Kyrie Irving, he was the difference, of course, in that series against the Indiana Pacers. He gave you 22 he gave you seven assists. He gave you four rebounds. He played well, and he hit those clutch 
shots down the stretch and that's what he needs to be he has to be the closer for the boston celtics so in this series looking looking ahead at it i i, I want to see a game or two of how it goes definitely by next episode i'm gonna evaluate it a lot more but this is gonna be a big time series man big time series yannick he's got Giannis has got to show out he's got to give you 30 in this series he's got to average 30 13 five assists brogdon's got to be playing that's going to be key Brogdon has to come back and he's got to be healthy. That's going to be crucial. Marcus Smart, I don't believe he's going to be back for the series, but Mark Brogdon has got to be back. He's got to play at least two of the games in the series. And it's going to be an intense series and I think a very evenly matched series. But because the Bucks have the home court advantage, I'm going Milwaukee in this series. I'm going Milwaukee, man. Boston, I don't trust them on the road, even though they beat Indiana. I wasn't that impressed with their sweep. Wasn't that impressed. Bucks won in dominant fashion against the Pistons, so I was a little bit more impressed, even though the Pistons are not a great team as well. But I like how Giannis looked, and I like how the Bucks looked, man. They they contribute, they have contributors at every position. Budenholz is really coaching his ass off. And 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 the Boston Celtics, you know, they still have team issues, they still have chemistry issues, even though they played well in this series. You never know. When the going gets tough, they're gonna be playing against a better team. Let's see how they respond. So I think that's going to be a dynamite series as well. The second best series in the West round because the best series in the first round, in the second round, y'all know what it is. <clears throat> the See You in June series. The June series. That's all it is. Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors in a collision course to the second round. The best series of the year. What we've all been waiting for. You know I'm, you know I'm talking shit. You know how it is. See you in June. They robbed me last year. I'm not going to get robbed again. <laughs> but um, so the Houston Rockets, they should be closing out the Utah Jazz tonight. And um, the Golden State Warriors are playing the Clippers tonight as well. Should be closing them out in, in, in five games. <clears throat> and um, Houston has been very dominant in this Utah series. They were up 3-0. They won a the Utah won game four in Utah. And that crowd was rocking, by the way. Um Houston has been dominant. You know, you know how I feel about Houston. If you follow me on Twitter, you already know how I am about Houston, man. We've been playing for a better team this year. We're more versatile. We're quicker. We're faster. We play better defense. We shoot better. I'm telling you, man, we have, we're hungry. We're more hungry this year because of what happened to us, the Houston Rockets. But we've been playing great against Utah, man. Donovan Mitchell has also been playing great. Um, the last game in Game Four, he has a, he had a great game, hit some clutch shots down the stretch. During the series, Harden he's been he's still been still been playing his ass off. He's giving you 28, I believe seven and eight. Um, Chris Paul, CP3, is giving you 18. But this series is about the stylistic approaches and better offense beats better defense any day of the week. And Houston is just a better team than than Utah, and it's just a bad matchup for Utah. As simple as that. That's all it is. And um, shut up about my man Harden not playing no defense, cause he's playing defense. You see it. He's showing that effort. He shot poorly from the field. A couple of uh, two of the games in the series, game three and game four. But game four, he still ended up with six steals. He played some some clutch defense. Game three, he hit the with the clutch three down the stretch. Okay, with PJ Tucker sealing the deal with the clutch rebound. Show some PJ Tucker some love. You gotta give him some love, man, because he's one of the most important pieces of the Houston Rockets. He does and he doesn't get enough credit. So Harden, he's stuffing the stat sheet, man. Like you said, the MVP of this league. He's stuffing the stat sheet. He's playing with a winning purpose this year. He looks hungry. He's poised in the clutch this season. You see him taking those shots. Game four, down the stretch, he could have been a little bit better. 
Chris Paul took over and he had a bunch of a uh, bunch of clutch buckets, but we just didn't play that well down the stretch in game four. Capella's been dealing with a respiratory infection, so he's been a little hurt. <clears throat> but game five, they're gonna be play they're gonna play a lot better. And like I said, man, Hard's been putting in a massive effort on defense, and it shows. CP3, he sets the tone on defense. But James Harden is now following suit on that end. He's playing a lot better. And on the other side, the Golden State Warriors, they're about to wrap up their series against the Clippers, man. I told you the Clippers could win a game. I said they could win two, but it's not looking like it. They needed to, they needed to grab one at home, and they didn't. They failed. But I, I got to say, Patrick Beverly, now in my top five players in the league, top five favorite players in the league, he, he's been playing admirably um, against the Warriors. But the, the Clippers, man, they just ran out of gas, and they, they made a bunch of mental errors down the stretch. Um, against the Golden State Warriors. But listen, man, Golden State, they look beatable. They're going to beat the Clippers, of course, but you know they're coming to play the Rockets next round. Even though Golden State has home court advantage, which is a very important and crucial factor because Houston had it last year. But Golden State looks beatable, man. I've been telling y'all, see you in June. We are going to see. I'm not going to talk too much shit now because I'm going to wait for the next episode to do that. But um, listen. Steph Curry, he had a good game. I think he had, I believe he had one or two good games in the, in, 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 in the Clippers series. But uh, one of the games, he had 12 points, shot three or 14, one of nine from three. One of gonna believe that was game four, game three. And um, Durant had a monster game. Clay had a monster game. So it's easier for Steph Curry to go, go, go a few minutes, go a few possessions, go a game without playing well. And we don't hear anything. But listen, man, next round, everybody has to play well on Golden State for them to win. And everybody has to play well on the Houston Rockets for them to win. So it's going to be in for a hell of a series. And do, and do we care about Boogie getting hurt? Uh, me? Not really. I mean, nobody told him to ring chase if we keep him at a buck right now. I mean, but I hope he comes back stronger and healthier next year. Go to a team that can actually use him. You know, not not taking the easy way out, or maybe he'll stay in Golden State. Who knows if Kevin Durant leaves, which I think he will do. But Boogie is a factor. I mean, obviously, but they still have four All-Stars on that team. They're still the most talented team in the league, the Golden State Warriors. They still play the best basketball in the league. They still have the best offensive scheme in the league. So I don't want to hear any excuses. There's no excuses for any team. Both teams are going into this series relatively healthy, other than Boogie, of course. But this is going to be a very, very, very intense, crucial, serious series. I'll tell you right now, it is. Going to be main factors are going to be switching on defense, pick and roll defense hitting your threes, hitting your open shots, clogging the paint. Individual perimeter defense is going to be crucial in this series. Which team can play better individual perimeter defense will win this series? Because both teams, to me, are more evenly matched than they were last year. And you know it's all about seeing you in June. And you know I said the Rockets going to win the title this year. And I'm telling you right now, this is the series. This is the year. We'll see, man. We'll see. And man, listen, I'll say this. The winner, the winner of those two semifinals, the Bucks Celtics and the Rockets Warrior series, that's gonna be our NBA Finals matchup. Whoever wins that series is gonna go to the finals. Whoever wins the Golden State Houston series is gonna go to the finals. And that's gonna be our matchup right there. 
I already call Bucks and the Rockets to me personally. We'll see. We'll see, man. This playoffs about to get sticky. Anticipation season. Anticipation. Family, let's buck it up. Buckle up. Let's get it. Shout out to the family for sending those voicemails too as well, man. Let's get it. That's Above the Rim episode 92. And we out. Yeah.